0: hello. That was, nope, it didn't. I'm even looking at it. It just froze. Look, I spent a good couple hours making that intro, and I'm so happy to report that it absolutely failed. Hello, and welcome to another fantastic and completely working and competent edition of Dialogue Box. It's been two months, and this is how we come back. I'm your host, Laughing Boy LP, and I'm here with one very lovely guest um you may know him as a twitch director for zelda universe the money guy as i introduced him last time and also founder of metroid hq elias thompson hello
1: hello i look forward to meeting the one lovely guest that we have later coming on but in the meantime i'm happy to be here
0: oh no don't don't shortchange yourself look at you it's this everybody everything's lovely i have nothing but lovely guests i have nothing but lovely things to say about my lovely guests <laughs> well if you haven't left already welcome to dialogue box this is the show that only a mother could love uh <laughs> each and every episode i talk I about, about- to
1: tell my mom about this
0: <laughs> i have someone who would think differently um Every every episode we talk about something related on uh, to video games or content creation, and I'm always uh, I'm I'm happy to have everyone that I've had on here. I'm a very lucky person to be able to talk about all these fun topics with everyone. Uh, This month, for the next half of the month, uh, I will be talking specific. Look, I had a busy October. (laughs) Busy playing dread. I hope. Uh, a little bit look i didn't even play it until it. the following monday i was a i was on vacation that entire time um so i i had to like call best I'm, Buy on vacation
1: playing dread i assume right? yeah. yeah
0: yes of course yeah mm-hmm. uh i had to call the best buy and be like please don't give away my oled <laughs> and i had to call like a friend who we gave him the keys to the house to just be like can you please just shove this in the uh into our house when it arrives.
1: My OLED didn't even show up till two days ago.
0: I, I've heard that. On it. Yeah. Oh, was it Walmart? It was you said? Walmart, yeah. Yeah. I've heard that they've been really bad at delivering the OLEDs. I, I, mean, I, I just I did it. in-store it's pickup nice. with it was just Best late. Buy. Yeah. Uh, it, It's a big difference. It really validates everything that I said about the Vita literally 10 years ago. <laughs> OLED's pretty nice. Um, Yes, but today, uh, look, I haven't finished Dread, and I th- I can't remember which one you get first. It's either the Morph Ball or the Varia Suit, but I have one of those, and that's about as... So I'm probably less than halfway or just about halfway. Sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'm going to go the for Morph 100%. Morph definitely
1: a halfway point item, yeah. Okay,
0: yeah. It, it, well, look, it's, it's good, I guess, because it helps you understand the slide i feel like if you get morph ball like as soon as possible then you'll just never use slide so yeah i
1: the slide definitely allowed them to delay that a little bit a little bit
0: um and i just have to figure out how to do the speed run all that fun stuff so that i can actually get like the items half the items in the game so it's great it's a fun time i've seen this a i've uh, but anyway, we're going to talk about the original Metroid. It's a four-part series. Where you do get the Morph Ball right where away. Where you do get the Morph Ball almost immediately. The Marumari. Yes, Morphing Ball. Yeah.
1: As they call it in Super Metroid. Mm-hmm. Samus has no bones. Oh, my God. I don't know
0: how do it I was told otherwise. no
1: TikTok would be involved in this <laughs> podcast. Oh, is this no-bones no for Samus? <laughs>
0: Yeah, she uh, she uh, went into morph ball mode. I can't go to work today.
1: <laughs> morph ball um, day. I'm gonna start coining that. Yeah, it's yeah. You just climbed up into a ball, ball that day, and that's it.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Like every day of my entire existence. So, uh, this is part one of a four part series. I've got Elias Thompson here for part one. We're gonna talk about Metroid for NES as well as its. Uh, remake on the Game Boy Advance Zero Mission. But we're also going to talk a little bit about our relationship with the series, how we kind of got into it, what we like about it, um, and sort of talking about how Metroid from the original game started to, like, shape the gaming landscape for, uh, going forward. So I think the first question that I think is on my mind, at least, because that's what I've written down in my notes. I Did you know I can't improv? I did know that actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good at thinking on my feet, except when I have to talk for like an entire paragraph. I can do like <laughs> you're good for like a sentence and a half after that uh-huh. it's
1: just it just falls apart.
0: It's just it's you know it, I'm buffering constantly <laughs> um, so when did you first hear about the Metroid series
1: uh the The time that comes to mind was. It was after, it was actually maybe a few months after uh, Fusion and Prime had come out um, in 2003. I went over to a friend's house, like you did as a kid, and he, he was playing on his Nintendo GameCube this brand new video game called Metroid Prime. He was very excited because he had just got his space jump boots, which allowed him to double jump. and was very excited just jumping all over the map, and so... Our socializing that day was me watching him play that game for a few minutes, like you do as a kid. But yeah. I thought it was cool, obviously, and convinced my parents to let them or to to let me uh, <laughs> rent it, to let me rent it from the local Blockbuster Video.
0: I allowed my parents to allow me to do that. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, no, I allowed it. And uh, it's very it, on brand it, for you. <laughs> yeah, it it was a blast playing that game. Um, I played Fusion shortly thereafter, I think. I think I had a Game Boy Advance, and that was also around the time I uh, my family got uh, DSL Internet It's an upgrade <gasps> from Dial-Up. Oh, <gasps> yeah. yeah, it was a big yeah. deal. I You're used a rich
0: it. kid's family. I,
1: I, I used it quite a bit to go on the Nintendo Insider forums. I found Metroid forums. I, I went down the rabbit hole just to sort of <laughs> <laughs> learn about the rest of the games. I eventually played the rest of the games, and it was all downhill from there and it only got worse it Um, just got so
0: much worse (laughs) i i mean i i think the very first metroid i played was super um i think the very first time i even seen it was so i i have it somewhere i just decided not to take it out for this example but i i used to have um when you bought a super nes it came with that big poster and on one side of it was how to hook it up it was just instructions. But on the other side, it was like, here are all the games that you can buy on your new Super Nintendo. Every game. Well, it yeah, uh, it was almost every game of 1994. Like, any of the top games of 94 and 95, except for Final Fantasy three. That's like the one time they decided not to promote it. <laughs> um, they had, like, Donkey Kong Country. That was big because that's the game I got with my Super NES. Um, they had... Uh, tin star which like nobody f- remembers but they also had super metroid like on the corner and i'm kind of like it's it's all nintendo first party games and it's just like super metroid is just kind of there and i think there's like a big ass crate on the poster as well <laughs> so i was kind of like well that's neat um but i the unfortunate thing was like during that time it was really hard to find those games Mm -hmm. I didn't actually find Super Metroid until I went to a Blockbuster and they had it in their previously played section. So I bought it for $5, which is an insanely low price to buy this cartridge at at this
1: point. Mm -hmm.
0: Thank Um,
1: you. Blockbuster Video is a real hero here.
0: Look, they really were (laughs) uh, because about 80 plus people have played this one cartridge by the time it got in my grubby little hands. And I actually had to put a stack of books on top of the cartridge so that it would make the connection with down. the cart yeah, oh I had to weigh gosh. it down. Cause otherwise it wouldn't function. <laughs> and not only that and But you still
1: play off that cartridge to this day. Well, I fixed it because I got smarter <laughs> as an adult and I
0: just used like the rubbing alcohol. Um oh, God. but the thing was, was like it would sometimes just completely lose my save file because of the bad connection. So I had to restart <laughs> that game like five times. And even when I did beat the game, I tried playing it one day and it was just gone. And I was like, well, that's a fun mm, memory man. to have. Um, yeah. So Super was my first. I, I like, I remember specifically like that the weekend I got Prime. Um, I had a GBA flash cart, so I didn't actually that. I was look. I I was one of the first. I had a a flash card that had to connect using what is colloquially known as at the time a printer cable. Uh, yes, of course. Which was almost immediately trumped by the uh, by the USB.
1: <laughs> like five okay, yeah. later. around that time. Yeah.
0: So I can't even use the flash card anymore because I can't write to it because I don't have a printer <laughs> to USB converter. Consider
1: getting a slightly newer flash card
0: no and here's why because (laughs) i didn't buy any game boy like i had like 20 game boy advance games which was like the most out of anybody in my school and uh but once i got the flash card i was like well i don't have to buy any more games i don't want to be an idiot no i'm i was the idiot because now i i want to buy metroid fusion and it's like 140 dollars just the card Mm. so don't pirate games kids Buy them. And buy as buy as you popular can. games early. Yeah, shut up, spend money. That's the only way to work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I would say it was downhill from there. Um, I still remember like the drought between Super and Prime because mm. you had kids writing to Nintendo Power being like, what the hell?
1: <laughs> Make this perfect sequel and then stop.
0: Well, I think, and I and I can't find where I read this, but I was. I had read that that was supposed to be it. Like, they made Super Metroid as the finale.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, just just to touch on that a little bit, like, uh, they Metroid 2 happened, I don't know, a dev team was bored, I guess. It it just sort of happened with the random dev team, just like the first one. But uh, Super Metroid was when Sakamoto, who had worked on the first game, decided to, like, make a project out of it. And his boss at the time, uh, Yokoi, um didn't like that he was working on Superman. He's like, what are you doing? Waste your time working on this, work on something else. Um, But he, he made this, this good sequel that, on something that was never meant to be a franchise. Um Okay. And yeah. Yeah. Then after super Metroid, you know, Nintendo was looking at their Mario's looking at their Zelda's looking at all this other stuff. And uh then eventually, you know, he, he was just like, you yeah, know, yeah, this could keep going. People like it. This, this seems all right. It has sold copies yeah it, it we were that's able like, to
0: sell it in stores
1: yeah maybe we should that's what you slap
0: one. on the marketing material it's just <laughs> this it is by sold <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so i i i remember like people drawing like a what if poster for a metroid 64 and i was like man that'd be cool someday
1: yeah yeah the, the, it was just uh it was a dark time yeah, I don't know if it was the darkest, but it was a dark time.
0: It was a weird time. Uh, which games of the series have you played so far? All of them. Okay. Even pinball. What question is huh? that?
1: Oh yeah, Look. pinball's great. Pinball's a perfect like airplane game. Oh yeah. You just need to like kill time and just like do <laughs> the same thing. It's it's great, man. Um, I kind of wish they would do a pinball too. Like honestly, like it's yeah, it's great.
0: I mean, it's it's actually a little weird that Nintendo, for like five or six years, was just crazy about pinball. There was like
1: Pokemon pinball was just there oh, was Pokemon wow, this, pinball this sold. Let's there make was more.
0: Mario pinball. <laughs> there was Metroid that. pinball. There was like three or four different pinball games that Nintendo made for their characters.
1: And, and you know, they look at this new dual screen that no one else is doing. And there's are just like, how can we use this vertical orientation? Oh, pinball games. Pinball. yeah, pinball, pinball games. Are yeah, good.
0: pinball looks. Yeah, and
1: we'll <laughs> compensate, like five compensate people in a room. for the gap in between too. It's great. <laughs>
0: there's like five or six people in a room smoking cigars. There's a, yeah, pinball, pinball. All right, let's go. Right, what's the next one? All right, more pinball. Um, and then they just stopped. They got really bored of yeah. pinball. And uh, I think the one, I think the one Metro game, the two Metro games, I, I didn't play other m um still no i it's weird especially since there was so much like discourse about it lately uh over the last weekend as of this yeah. recording or the stream mm-hmm. about whether or not you know it is a good game or whether or not samus is like a well-written character and i'm like
1: yeah that got dredged up again recently
0: yeah uh and i think i think eventually i will play it uh but it was just never high on my to-do list because of like people were saying that it was just bad so you know
1: i mean it does fill a gap between super metroid infusions so. yeah well it's <laughs> it's
0: weird for me because it's like if you tell me to play something i won't play it but if you tell me not to play something i also won't play it so
1: <laughs> well, mm, okay <laughs> Look, hey, it's, hey
0: uh maybe play other m i'll get to it um What's the other one that you never put? I, I didn't finish Prime Hunters because that okay. got boring for me really fast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I kind of get it. Like, you didn't it's like really the four stupid.
1: instances of the same two bosses?
0: Well, there's that, but it was also, and this is a really stupid thing to say about Metroid, but I was like, you mean I have to go back to this planet <laughs> and do it again? <laughs> I thought I was done. Um. So, it, I, but I think like that's the thing about Metroid is that it's one concise map, and in this one, they tried to do just
1: four segments. Yeah, you
0: know. four segments with a with a JPEG, and you select which area of the JPEG you want to go to, and then you play that level. So
1: could have been a bitmap. <laughs> you think the DS can handle bitmaps? That was that was a fourth of the memory on the on the cartridge. It was just, to that <laughs> it was just one.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, it's perfect for a map. Um, and then, which game from the series so far has been your
1: favorite and why? You should have asked me this two weeks ago. Um, <clears throat> I've always said Prime. Okay. Um, I'm sure there's some nostalgia mixed in there because, like I said, it was my first Metroid game, but. Mm-hmm it's it's kind of like a you know 3d super metroid um it's got a it's it's got a giant sort of interconnected world um it's got everything that makes metroid great in it um for the most part it ages very well um i've seen people look at me play the game and be like this is on the gamecube <laughs> <laughs> um and um and yeah it's it's uh it's great um I will say though I'm having trouble lately. I'm waiting till the honeymoon uh, phase is over, <laughs> deciding if if dread is above it or below it. It's definitely my favorite <laughs> 2D one.
0: You just like feel a little dirty right now.
1: I don't. I don't know what I'm feeling right now. Yeah. Okay. It's, just give it's me just, some space and give me some time. <laughs> she's new and interesting. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've yeah. been
1: with Prime for so long. So definitely, definitely one of those two.
0: Yeah, I think I need to finish Dread before I can really say I do enjoy it, um, but I also have like weird mixed feelings. So, like, I actually really liked uh, uh, Samus Returns, but mm-hmm. I know that other people are just kind of like, no, it's it's not that great. And I kind of get why, like, it's for a Metroid game, especially it's very stiff in the controls. Um,
1: And I think a little Dread. Bit. I mean, you, you got to use the touchscreen a little bit. You're- mm-hmm can't move while aiming as much
0: but i will say that was like the first time in a long time i picked up a game and just didn't stop until i was finished with it so it's fun
1: yeah i I like it
0: but i think still i would say just super at the moment is still where i'm at
1: Mm -hmm. yeah of course
0: yeah i can't i can't really i mean it's my first one i've I think I just, I really don't like Return of Samus. Uh, I still have never officially beaten Return of Samus. Um, I have beaten the the original and Zero Mission a number of times. Uh, I would probably prefer Zero over the original, but I there's like a thing, and we'll get into it, but there's just some like nostalgic thing about and the NES Metroid, even though I technically don't have nostalgia for it. <laughs> um, yeah. But like the way that it plays and the way that it makes you want to Interact with it as a gamer uh, is very cool and not something that we can really do as much anymore.
1: It is definitely an NES game. Yeah,
0: put that on the cover.
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> it I think is they definitely did. I for your NES <laughs> entertainment
0: system. <laughs> uh, and then, so we got music, characters, and themes like all these different things that mix in to make a Metroid game. But what is the one thing that interests you most about the series that keeps you coming back?
1: It's usually the atmosphere, uh, just, you know, and you say something like the atmosphere of a game, it's sometimes a mix of those things you just mentioned along with other things. But, um, most Metroid games have a good atmosphere of like exploration and adventure with the sense of like mystery and isolation Take tap, you know, tack onto that, like the sci-fi element, which I've always been a sci-fi nerd. Um, and just 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 a lot of little things that just come together to make a, a nice uh, gaming experience as well as uh, depending on which game you're looking at and how you're looking at it uh, a story um mm-hmm. which is most times with Metroid a little unconventionally told. Um, that's always what 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 you know what keeps me coming back Yeah
0: I think especially for me, I just kind of, there are just moments, especially in the later Metroid games, where Samus as a character is just so, like, cool. Um, <laughs> there's just one of the boss fights in Dread, especially, is, like, the one I'm thinking about, where she just kind of, like, does something during the boss, like, in the intro sequence to that boss fight, where you're just kind of like,
1: she's she's really cool. Ah, <laughs> uh, here we go again.
0: Yeah, like, literally, that's just kind of like, yeah. eh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Knock it off. Um, so uh, there's there's always like the characterization, which there isn't really much of, and that really isn't supposed to be too much in the like, in, especially in the main uh the main three games, uh the first three games. Like once you hit Metroid Fusion, there's a lot more dialogue and there's a lot more character development. Um, but yeah, and like to you as well. Like I'm also a big sci-fi nerd. I will refuse to play a particular game, but I'll play the sci-fi version of that game just like it's not about the actual open world game to me i just like the sci-fi part of it so i'm gonna play like that this but i'm not gonna play the more. other. One. let's go yeah there. exactly um so like it's it's literally just like oh you put in a different coat of paint and it's appealing to me now um i i think for some reason to me it's like it's not so much that feeling of loneliness that the game tries to give you like that sense of lack of a better word dread Uh, when you're trying to go along and survive. But I I just really like the sci-fi elements. I think Samus is a cool character with some, depending on who's at the helm, like very different storytelling, but it all kind of still makes
1: sense. Metroid is a cool guy who doesn't afraid of anything.
0: And can't crouch. Or crawl. Yeah. (laughs) I learned to slide before I could crawl. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Speaking of, that's what I nicknamed part two. Uh, so crawl. <laughs> yeah, making Metroid crawl. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about the first game of the series, the one that came out on NES, uh, all the way back in 86, cause we're on the 35th anniversary. Yeah. Um, 86 so, in Japan, yeah. Yeah. So we had this game, we had, I think Kid Hikers at the same time and essentially both games were supposed right. to be this idea of how do we get the player to move? Not just left to right, but also up and down. Yeah. And yeah, that they, was literally like the main
1: reason why they built those two games. They they had this, these, uh, at the very least one of them was well-defined concepts of Mario, which is just literal, actual, like scrolling a piece of paper, you know, horizontally. Yeah, just go, yeah. Go through the level, right? And so they had that that platform, you know, side to side thing down. And then they had also just made uh, Legend of Zelda too. Early, a lot earlier that year yep. where it was like going four different directions. It was top down, but you had like exploration, actual exploration you could do. So they mm-hmm. kind of tried to mesh those two ideas, two ideas together of like a, a platforming element where you could also explore in different directions. Yeah. And that's how uh, they ended up with Metroid.
0: Well, and like how do you do, I think RPGs still being really popular at the time, uh, especially JRPGs. How do I do that without the actual RPG elements of like experience points and levels. How do I make your character stronger by giving you things instead of like giving you a number and yeah. rolling the dice? Uh streamlining a lot of it. Yeah, exactly. Zelda is a big example of that. I think Metroid again is a more uh specific example of that that we'll kind of talk a little bit more towards the end of this. But yeah, it's just this idea of how do we keep the player from cuz in an RPG, I can keep you from going to a certain area By making a monster so tough it'll just beat your ass in the first round but how do i do this for a platforming game where we don't necessarily have that i mean we might have monsters or bosses but instead of that how do we make the player stop from going somewhere that we don't want them to go just yet and that kind of comes into the uh idea with like different weapons um the Mm. morph ball like being a really good example so that again it's immediate you get it as soon as the game starts and now all of a sudden, you can press the down button, and something happens. And having that first wall that's right in your way keeps you from going anywhere further until you collect it. So it's yeah, you know, like, it's like that the, first the Goomba red jump. Doors
1: with missiles, so you, you can explore a certain amount, but you see these red doors occasionally. Like I don't know how to open these, so I go yeah. somewhere else. And you finally get missiles, and eventually you figure out. In the first one, oh, they open red doors.
0: Yeah. Um, oh boy.
1: Assuming you don't waste one missile on an enemy and shoot four into the door and nothing happens. Um,
0: yeah, because it's like, a, it's a stretch before that first door even, so it's like, you may have already
1: used them on regular enemies. Yeah, depending on where you go, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, it sort of just was like this open-ended, like, oh, there are blocks here, I don't know what opens them. You eventually you figure out it's this, like, progressive path of abilities, which... Uh, yeah. They retain to the next game. I'm glad they didn't make Metroid 2 an RPG like they did with Zelda 2.
0: Yeah. So even with Zelda 2, they tried to do both. Yeah. They give you <laughs> items and
1: experience points? Okay. Maybe we have Zelda 2 to thank for them not doing it for <laughs> Metroid
0: 2. <II. laughs> well, I think it's also just slapping that sucker on the Game Boy. Um, and that's like Yokoi's baby anyway, so you have him working on... Uh, with his, I believe he was working with the team on Metroid Two, or at least supervising.
1: I think he was a producer on that. I'm not mistaken.
0: Um, and then again, like with Kid Icarus, you had a Metroid game and a Kid Icarus game, both sequels to their original titles, and both on the Game Boy as like kind of a way forward for both franchises. Which is also a strange thing to me now. I'm really thinking about it. Like the 2D series, like the main series. There's really only been two games that were released specifically for a sit-down TV console. And that's... Talking for Metroid? Yeah. I mean, you can argue number five, but like I feel like one and three, NES, Super NES. And then you have two and four, which are Game Boy and Game Boy Advance. And you can argue about five
1: being on the Switch. Yeah, I mean, Switch is is a hybrid. It could be either or. Um, Yeah. It's it's certainly another. It's the first mainline console uh, Metroid since Super. Yeah. Um, but then you also had like all the Prime games and all that 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 were for home consoles too.
0: Yeah, yeah. The Prime series stayed specifically on like the GameCube and the Wii, respectively. And but like the main series, I was kind of like, oh, I noticed that they decided to just go with the Game Boy for four. They decided to go with well, I mean, you have no choice with the Switch, but you know, um, even yeah. when remaking. Uh, Sam's Returns instead of the Wii U they chose the, the 3DS so.
1: or even the Switch yeah
0: yeah. Um. um, but going back to the theme of being alone and trying to survive um, do you feel like the original game succeeds in making that player feel alone um, and in what ways do you think the game succeeds uh, or where do you think the game kind of fails to do that
1: Uh, I mean yeah Um, there's, there's like a, a tiny little intro text in the title screen where you see this vague order from some external force saying, hey, Samus, go to this place alone by yourself that's highly dangerous and fix it. Um, (laughs) destroy everything. (laughs) Um. There's money involved, probably. Oh, yeah, sure, yeah. Um. I I never actually know if Samus gets paid. (laughs) Uh. Maybe rewatch the intro to dread. Anyway, um the uh y- y- as soon as you start the game you're immediately thrust into just like all right i'm in the middle of this planet alone surrounded by hostile creatures some of them are a lot more powerful and hostile than others um and so you're kind of just making your way through like, there's no npcs of any kind or you know allies um everything wants to kill you that you come across um And so there's definitely a sense of like loneliness, especially, you know, you look at the limitations the first game had, they had like no backgrounds. It was all just black or, you know, some, some solid color. Um, I think that uh, assisted in, in this particular case, because you've got this, you know, isolating void behind you and just sort of going through caves, you know, around it. Um, So I, I think it did a good job of that Uh, in terms of like when it, doesn't do a good job of that? Uh, i for the first game, I don't I don't know. I can't think of of too much else. Um
0: I feel like the the music in the first game, except in certain areas, like when you're first landing on uh oh my god, why am I suddenly blanking it's not Brinstare, it's not Norfair, <laughs>
1: what is it? Talking about criteria?
0: Thank you. It wasn't in um, the first game
1: that wasn't that wasn't a thing till Super Metroid and then the remake Zero Mission.
0: Okay. Um but like in that first central area it's a very like gung-ho, very heroic sounding song and only in the weird er- like areas where you're either transitioning or about to find an item does it give you this really weird ominous music. Mm-hmm. I think that part kind of takes me away from that just a little bit that's the only thing that i was really thinking of when i wrote that the, question the ominous
1: item uh the,
0: yeah you got the ominous item stuff uh i think once you start getting into the later areas of the game the music changes and starts becoming more like not really scary but just off like there's just something
1: off Yeah. I think that has more to do with like the game design aspect. Like as soon as you enter the essentially lead up room for that item, you get that music change. And I think that's mostly to signal the player, like, Hey, you're close to something. You should, you should maybe keep going one room ahead and see, see what's up here. And uh, you you know, you've got that missile door uh, guarding an item to, to sort of subconsciously train your mind that, that, uh, Oh, something might be up ahead. Yeah. The, the specific music itself is is a little weird um and i do think that that lead up music is is pervasive for every item uh area throughout the game but the environmental music in general i think i mean it's all 8 bit MIDI stuff but yeah. um i think i think they they did their best i'm not i'm not a huge like I enjoy good music, but I'm not good at like breaking it down. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I couldn't get into the weeds there, but uh, I I think it did a good enough job for the most part. Yeah. Okay. Uh,
0: a lot of the difficulty in this game is kind of based on the ambiguity of it all, and like just not being sure where exactly to go. Uh, easy, just kind of it being easy to get lost. The original game is known for being difficult to navigate and asking players to kind of draw maps or take down passwords in order to keep playing. Do you find that the original Metroid's difficult or would you say that its design is outdated as is only really difficult for newer players to get into?
1: Um, <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, there's, there's different aspects of the difficulty for that first game, right? Like when I play it now, I'm used to at this point playing Metroid games a certain way and I can usually just go about my business, do what I want. Um, with, uh, Metroid one and to an extent two as well, although I don't play that game nearly as much, uh, as the first one. Um, I, yeah, the, the lack of map, which it was their first one. They, Mm -hmm. they had a lot of memory limitations, um, is, is definitely something that is now key to any exploration based game. Um, but you just kind of had to sort of either map it out in your head or like, yeah, use some graph paper. Um, and, uh, nowadays there's like a million Metroid one maps online. You just pull up while you're playing and see, you know, where you're going. Um, but that is definitely like a sort of old, old artifact of its time, right. Of just mm-hmm. not having that in there. Likewise though, like, uh, if the, the game starts you at 30 HP instead of at full, hp every time yeah you die and reset no matter how many energy tanks you have you're just at 30 hp um don't know how or why that decision was made that was not a technical limitation but (laughs) um
0: it just seems like she just went in without like (laughs) yeah checking (laughs) you forgot to fully charge her battery
1: yeah um and uh and so if you're not careful like at least at the very least until you get energy tanks or as you slowly start to get damaged like you can just get bodied. You can go into rooms where, you know, there's there's three enemies instead of two and it, you get hit by one of them as you're, you know, killing other enemies and you just die. Yeah, <laughs>
0: not, Yeah, you know, and I mean, whether or not you know it's safe to jump into the, the liquid um, and sometimes yeah. it's perfect, if sometimes it's fake liquid and it's just a hole for you to drop down. Other times you'll probably just die very quickly. Um, there's a lot of it's almost like Like a a comedy of errors errors. yeah yeah so like you're constantly going into places that you shouldn't be going in or you're constantly dipping your toes in things you shouldn't be dipping your toes in and you just kind of die you just learn to not do that next time um so i think like there are certain elements to me that just kind of makes the game difficult i think mainly for newer players like i went from super metroid to the original metroid yeah um so there are parts of it where i'm kind of like that yellow water is probably not safe. Um, but even in Super Metroid, there's just re- just regular water that's perfectly fine to to jump into. Um, that just kind of sort of is there in certain ways in the original, but not really. Um, but I think really the the difficulty is the comedy of errors, just like getting lost. Going into a room, trying it out, finding out, nope, that's, no, I was in the wrong room. You know, I,
1: that's my mistake. (laughs) There's a, there's a whole section in the Kraid portion of the map. Yeah. uh, That's like, I don't know, 10 rooms or 12 rooms or something. There's nothing there. Yeah. You go into this whole thing. There's no items. There's no progression. It's just enemies and a dead end. And I think there's even like secret tunnels in there that you can bomb and find and go. And there's, it's nothing. Yeah. It leads to nowhere. (laughs) It's one of
0: those things about game design that drives me up a wall is that they will specifically tell you like you you look at a knife and then like somebody's holding a knife and then he just stabs you in the hand and you're just kind of like, all right, I'm going to avoid people with knives from now on. <laughs> Except for one, there's one person with a knife who's just like, here's the ultimate weapon. Thank you for being an idiot and checking every single person with a knife. Here's your reward. Like it bothers me so much but that is uh that's metroid in a nutshell like originally especially the original not so much with zero mission because zero mission helps you a lot in terms of like okay you should probably go here now um but with the original metroid yeah there's no map there's no idea of where to go and then when you do kind of find something and it hurts you you try to avoid it except for the one time Maybe I mean, you accidentally fall into it and then you find out that that's
1: actually where you were supposed to go. Even even in the remake in Zero Mission, I think that was the last Metroid to do something uh, just like that where, granted, it was a remake of the first so there was an effort to keep it somewhat uh, consistent yeah. with the first, but uh, again, in that crate area, right? You can just go in circles looking for where to go, how to get to this little crate box underneath everything, but until you just fall into what is clearly harmful acid in the yeah. corner of a map, Like you're going to go in circles and then it just fades away. It's not real. And you just fall and and progress. Yeah. Um, And there's, there's no indicate There's no audio cue. There's like, it's, (laughs) you just have to try it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I think it's, it's a very different mindset in my opinion to Zelda where Zelda is just like, go bomb that thing. See what happens. Maybe nothing, maybe something. Uh, And the only thing that you waste is your time and bombs But with Metroid, it's kind of like it scares you into trying things. And then the one time where the game's like, why didn't you go into the vat of acid?
1: Why didn't you try that? Come on. It's not (laughs) like you have any reason not to. It was so obvious.
0: (laughs) Why didn't you bomb that one
1: particular block over there?
0: Yeah. Why didn't you try that? Yeah. No. I. That's the one thing where it's just like, it's just kind of like it's not really teaching you something, especially when you have this like master class of game design where it's like you go to the right, you can't go anymore because it's too low. So then you go to the left and then you find the thing that helps you go through that. And that's like, all right, see that that's the rest of the game. That's, that's it. Like just keep doing those things and you'll yeah. beat the game eventually. Uh, I do. Th-
1: I do think that's, that's mostly the case with the older games now too, because you get the same effect in more modern Metro games now without them having to resort to that. But, yeah um, they you know a whole bunch of experiments back in the 80s it was a weird time
0: although now uh, yeah there's like a weird part in nintendo's history where they probably would have like had a big honking and arrow that like points down to the vat of acid and you're like i wonder if i should go down
1: that i'm smart a neon sign just just like yeah. goes. <laughs> it just says
0: craid <laughs> down here <laughs> how did you find me because <laughs> uh, i'm a hunter uh so on top of that we were talking about like drawing maps and everything but do you fi- do you find that the idea of like drawing maps or like making a password or keeping your passwords with you like does that add to the experience in a meaningful way to to the Metroid series or like to the original game um or do you kind of find it to be a chore cuz like uh, in, in my thinking it's like I'm thinking of like the hand drawn game mm-hmm. guide um that un- unfortunately Things happen but uh the idea of it is this somebody who just really liked to draw the maps and just like kind of grew up in that era of having to draw maps for a game uh decided to make an entire guide based off that concept so like it's very meaningful to some but do you think like do you think we've lost something in the fact that we have in-game huds and and in-game maps
1: no um <laughs> no i like my even even in uh in later metroid one releases they had a, a file selection system they they dropped the password thing almost immediately you know they did this big push hey this is part of the password pack you you can type in passwords now to get to various game states that did not last for very long no. <laughs> um yeah so de- definitely like i the, the 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 like the easter egg passwords are fun and cool but I think you yeah. get the, sort of the same effect in other games through other ways um, I think that's what they really get amiibo usage to now these days um, but uh, in terms of map like that kind of a game and I, under, I again I understand why it wasn't in the first two they were still trying to like figure their stuff out and there were the first two were 8-bit there but um, in a game about exploration like to not have a map is is weird to me um and uh i i don't you know i don't think anything's lost there but i will say at the same time like if you're in a situation where you're playing a game that that doesn't have an in-game map and in the 90s where the internet's almost non-existent um then uh you know, it, it's, it could be a fun little side activity to, to draw a map. I, I watched a Twitch stream a, a few weeks ago, I think, where someone was playing Metroid 2 for the first time. Oh I don't know why they weren't playing Sam's Returns, but they were playing <laughs> Metroid 2, which doesn't have a map. And instead of wanting to look up the you know hundreds of online maps for that game, they took the time to g- get out graph paper and map the game as they were exploring. And they seemed yeah. like they were having a blast um yeah. and it was it was kind of fun to watch like they had a little map cam and you know there's the whole thing there. <laughs> um and so yeah it's it, it, c- it can still be enjoyable but i don't think games especially like metric games should like go back to to that um I when i'm think, trying
0: to think of dread with that concept there's so many it's so <laughs> it's how a, could you could it's you a imagine? very complicated map
1: now they, they have kind of iterated on that where um in in an, uh, at least a lot of games, like the map fills in as you explore it, right? Mm-hmm. You can still see mm-hmm. historically where you go and like areas of note that you couldn't get to before until you find something like a map station or something like that, and then you get yeah. like a, a a more like a hollow map of the whole area and be like, oh, there's all these other places I could go to later. Um, mm-hmm. So I I think it's 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 been iterated on well, but the just complete absence of it, no, I don't miss it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I think. I think for older NES games, like, I think I would almost want to do that. Like, I would want to try my hand at that and try to draw the map. Um, I think there are just so many different outlets, like you said before. Like, there are so many different Metroid maps out there already that unless I just wanted to go in, like, 100% blind and just try to do it, like a game I've never played before, I could see that. I Because it was... I'm reading all these old issues of Nintendo Power over the years, and that was, like, the number one idea behind, like, playing these games or playing a JRPG like Dragon Warrior or Final Fantasy or playing a game like Zelda or, um, or Metroid. It was just this idea of like, have a piece of paper handy to write down where you've been and where you may need to go next. Um, and it's just like, that sounds like something that a five-year-old me in 1985 would do. Mm-hmm. But I was five in 1995, so I had a map in my first Metroid game. (laughs) So that sounds like a lot of work.
1: Yeah, and, you know, some of the people who are more, I guess, uh, navigationally oriented um, can sort of, like, keep in mind, like, as they're playing, especially if it's for a long period of time, like, oh, I remember how to get to this place that I remember, you know, they sort of keep that in mind. But especially with a game with, like, Metroid 1, where some of the rooms are literally, like, copied and pasted and look exactly the same as well as mm-hmm. their entrances look similar and they're in the same area like did this large yeah. vertical <laughs> hole have 5 doors or 6
0: <laughs> cuz i stopped counting after 4 yeah um yeah so i i do like it as a concept but if if somebody asked me to do it i would i would just it sounds very overwhelming
1: i think it it worked at the time but it was only because we didn't know what we were missing
0: <laughs> we didn't know we could have it better. <laughs> um, in, t- in terms of having it better, as we're talking about that, let's move on to the Zero Mission remake on the Game Boy Advance. So um, sometime after we had Fusion and Nintendo was like, oh, people like Metroid, Um, they decided to go ahead and remake the original Metroid on the Game Boy Advance with Zero Mission. And that includes a lot of quality of life updates. Uh, that includes the additional sequence post- where the NES game ends um, and is the birth of Zero Suit Samus. Um, I guess Nintendo, somebody at Nintendo was like, she can't be in a bikini. We can't do that anymore. That's insulting. So what do we do? Let's put her in this
1: slightly more appropriate outfit. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That, that absolutely fixed it and did not, uh cause any additional problems. Uh uh the internet's an
1: interesting place.
0: I'm just imagining somebody like showing the character design draft of like Zero Suit Samus as we know her, and somebody is just kind of like, Yeah, yes. that's perfectly fine. I don't see how there's a problem. And everyone else in the room's like, Really, you don't
1: but, but the thing right. in, in in Fusion and in Zero Mission, like you get to the ending screens, they still have some like you know, crop top, like just just as yeah. revealing clothing. Yeah. That's also weird.
0: Like, <laughs> especially in the end game, it's just like, oh, yeah, this is what Samus looks like. Someone when she's was like, going fine,
1: I'll, I'll, I'll give you the zero suit, but I still get to have these endings in this game.
0: <laughs> but I still want my casual wear. That's yeah. right. Yeah, it's just um, Samus at a bar for some reason.
1: Yeah, I. I, was, I, I keep thinking about it because lately with Metroid Dread, probably the most marketed Metroid game in the history of Metroid. It's like they just, tried. Just doubled down. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing like what tried. happens when you try, right?
0: Um, Look, they celebrated their 35th better than they're celebrating Zelda's.
1: I'm okay with that. Um, and I'm, perf- I'm perfectly fine with that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> You've had your time. But I, I think back to, to 2004, which is when Zero Mission came out, which I was... Hardcore Metroid fan at that point. I, at the time, was looking, you know, I was laser focused on Metroid Prime 2 Echoes, trying to mm-hmm. figure out everything I could, you know, scouring online forums. I'm just in, it might have been a GameStop or some store with my parents. And I look over to the side and just see this little, you know, cardboard, you know, display, tiny little display on a desk that says Metroid Zero Mission for the Game Boy Advance. Uh, uh, coming out next week, or maybe it was already out. And I was just like, what? There's I a- I haven't yeah. heard about this. Where, where did this come from? <laughs> so. Yeah. W-
0: were you a big Nintendo power person? Uh,
1: I had it. I don't remember when I had the subscription, but for a good long time, oh, a good long while I was,
0: I can't remember if I was a subscriber at that point. I know I, one of my years had run out and the last issue that, and that subscription was the fusion cover. Um, but I, I don't know. Like, I guess I was aware of it, but yeah, I, that's where well, Nintendo and, would put all their like oops.
1: upcoming games and stuff, right? Like, well, yeah. So like if you were channel.
0: reading Nintendo power or if that you was were their walk, social you media know.
1: back then, it was just like, here, yeah. get our well, magazine. They had, Here's yeah, where all of they our stuff had
0: the, They had their website and that was a little bit helpful, I think, but you had to be there. Like if you're on the, yeah, if you're everywhere else on the web or if you're reading electronic gaming monthly at the time, you probably it was probably yeah. just a little blurb, but that was also during I think Nintendo's like really crappy marketing strategy of the Who Are You campaign.
1: Yeah, they they did that one, they did one of those for Zero Mission. Yeah,
0: and so you probably could watch that entire thing and not realize it was a Metroid commercial.
1: Not until the very end, where they not until the very end. Project. Yeah, it was like uh, a gymnast who is like doing somersaults, yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. Um, there was that, I think, you know, the one time they did it really well, I think, where they don't show you the game until the very end was, like, the Golden Sun commercial, and that was just, like, an orchestra, and all of a sudden, like, the things around the orchestra comes alive um, as, like, dragons and things, and uh, everyone liked that, but the Who Are You commercials were so generic that I think it <laughs> did not help anybody, Um I don't remember if they did the same with Echoes.
1: You're watching the TV and some commercial comes on where a gymnast is flipping around and is like, oh, uh, well, I'm going to go eat a snack and you just leave. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like
0: Metroid Zero made one. What? <laughs> when did that commercial start? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I don't think their, their marketing at the time helped, which was just their typical marketing for all their
1: first I don't party even think it lasted time. In, until Echoes. Or maybe that campaign was only focused around Game Boy Advance games, but.
0: It might have been. I remember I, I remember that one, and I remember the one for, like, Super Mario Brothers 3. <laughs> that was, like, all the people with Mario
1: heads on. That yeah. was it. I remember uh, for Echoes, they did this weird, like... They tried this guerrilla marketing thing where they launched, like, a couple of websites that were, like... Yeah. ...of fake companies that vaguely had iconography that looked like Metroid. I was like, okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I'm thinking... I may remember that one was... Because there was two ads that they basically did the same thing, and it was like I think it was somebody on the subway, and then the subway goes dark, and then it's all gross and looking. And they did that for both. I could be totally wrong, but I want to say they did that for both Echoes. I know they did that for A Link to the Past Game Boy Advance. Okay. Because there was the light world and dark world. I don't remember that
1: Echoes commercial, but it could have happened. It might have been one where I saw subway. I was like, I'm going to get a snack.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to look it up, but as I look it up, let's talk about this topic a little bit more. Um, so what did you actually think about the added content in the, in the remake? Do you feel like the added maps and telling the player where to go next takes away from the original experience? And then let's talk a little bit about that extra story section.
1: Um, I, I liked Zero mission a lot. In fact, until I played dread, it was my favorite 2d Metroid. Um, I'm pretty sure I had played the original by the time that uh, Zero Mission came out or maybe at the very least seen enough of it to understand what it was about. Um yeah. it it's I mean I love I love the the sort of just graphical style of the Game Boy Advance even to this day. Um and so uh it it looks great just like Fusion. Um it's uh it maintained enough of the like original game uh map and sort of layout while at the same time like kind of making its own and and doing special modernizing some stuff um the way the little optional little waypoint system thing didn't bug me like some of the some of the chozo statues that you sort of naturally run across they they will block you until you get in them and it it shows you a blue dot somewhere else in the map but it doesn't make you go there necessarily you can still explore on the way there you can still go in an opposite direction usually well, it's, it
0: very much is like, uh, the original prime where you have, you get something and then you get like a little thing that tells you, by the way, like this unlocks this, you might want to go there, but it only gives you the story progression stuff. It doesn't give you everything else.
1: Yeah. And it was, yeah. I think it was the first, uh, Metroid game they had made where they put in intentional sequence breaking like shortcuts because you mm-hmm. had super Metroid, which is when it really took off a lot of unintentional sequence breaking there. There's things they just didn't think about. Right. You go to yep. Fusion, they locked it down. They did so much QA <laughs> on that, you cannot sequence break that at all. Um, so much so where the little one tiny sequence break you can do, which is very hard to do, they expect it and put in a secret message saying, ha nice try, now go back and get it. Um, <laughs> nice. But Zero Mission like had all these sh- shortcuts, Like even right off the bat. The first statue says, okay, just go right up here and get the long beam. You can just go over to the side, shoot some hidden blocks, and just not even get it you want. Mm-hmm. And you could do like Ridley first, you can do all sorts of little stuff. Um and so mm-hmm. a lot of care was taken there. Um I was pleasantly surprised by the the sort of epilogue um new new area and new sort of segment to the game. Um a lot of people complain about, you know, the stealth section and stuff like that, but hey, we finally got Metroid to crawl. Um and uh take away
0: take away your fancy gadgets it was cool That's to see them calm.
1: like go like at the time like okay we're gonna introduce this entirely new area into this you know remake of this game and you could see like it's a, it's a massive area there's there's a lot of diversity and environments just within it it connects you can still go back to you know real Zebes and and go you know get some some other items with new items that they had you know brought in so um, I liked I liked it a lot yeah yeah I mean
0: I it's the first time I actually beat the original story as well so it telling me that it was the added content so I got the added content before I ever played the original without mm-hmm. it um, which is fine because it, it really isn't like it's if they don't like kind of craft it into the original it's literally just like here's you know we talk about these things in the later games we might as well give you some context hmm <laughs> Um, So I feel like, you know, being able to play Zero Mission gives you a much bigger, um, it opens the world up a lot more and allows you to kind of see all these different things that make sense a little bit now. Um, But... Yeah, and they they added
1: Criteria in there too, which showed up in Super Metroid. Um, And yeah, it had like uh, context uh, there. Um, Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I do enjoy it. I think, again, I don't think... Because I, f- I feel like some people would probably look at this and be like, oh, this is too easy. But I also feel like it's not really banking it easy. It's just making it like if I were to play the original Metroid and I have number of times I never beat it, it took me years to, to finally go back and beat it after I beat Zero Mission. Yeah. I feel like being able to play Zero Mission gave me an idea of what to do and where to go because it kind of tells you that. And then I can go back to the original game and, and have that like, okay. I played it in a way that's much more accessible to me. Let's try the original. Um, So if anything, it made me want to go back and play the more difficult version. Honestly,
1: Yeah. uh, I had, (laughs) this is so tangentially related, but I had experienced (laughs) the same thing when I went to a movie theater and saw M9 Shyamalan's uh, last airbender movie. Oh, I saw that. (laughs) I had heard about (laughs) avatar series right mm-hmm. and heard it was good mm-hmm. so i hear a movie coming i was like oh yeah i heard that's good i'm gonna go watch this and i watch <laughs> it first and i think okay that was interesting um maybe maybe i'll go watch the series now and i go watch the series and i'm like oh this is great and that movie was horrible but it yeah. you know it made me go and, and sort of actually go watch that um yeah yeah that that I, again my memory's hazy from that that could have been the same uh for me I, at some point when I was this, you know, teenage Metroid fan with not a lot of options to play, you know, the first three games at the time, mm-hmm. uh, I was just like, well, it's, you're going to call myself a Metroid fan. I'm going to have to play these games. So I, you know, booted <laughs> up my uh, questionable, uh, things and played them. Um, yeah. And, uh, I can't remember if that was before or after zero mission. Um, but it, it, it was sort of, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was, Every, everything they added, like they they made it, they just updated it to at the time modern game mechanics, and um, it was uh, I I I am hard pressed to think of to disagree with any decision they made in terms of remaking the original into that.
0: Yeah, I think it's. I would easily say if somebody were to try and get into it for the first time, it's easily like a recommendation to just yeah play zero mission on a wii u somewhere if you can find one in a dumpster great maybe you can find maybe you can look through my dumpster. Clean it first. <laughs> yeah, yeah i, I would always
1: tell people like uh as a general rule like if you're gonna start you know playing metroid start with zero mission it's you know no. it's one of the shorter games it's uh yeah. the first you know chronologically um it gives you a good sense as to you know what metroid 2d get metroid gameplay is about and then you can sort of go from there uh, sometimes i mm-hmm. tell people to start with prime um if they're like that kind of gamer so to speak if if you know they they prefer that kind of game but do you play a lot of quake play <laughs> prime <laughs> but for the most part yeah zero Mission's a great starting point for metroid fans
0: yeah. i think that answers the next question that i had was did you think that this needed to be made oh yeah zero mission yeah
1: yeah. So. 1 and 2 definitely needed to be remade and for the for the longest time like we had Zero Mission. And Super Metroid is is fine as it yeah. is. At the very least it has a map. Um <laughs> and uh but then you had just Metroid 2, which is just like okay. And, and Metroid 2 back when uh I couldn't say that I had played all the Metroid games, that was the last yeah. one that I beat. Um like, you know, you know like uh, seven, eight years ago or something like that. I hadn't ever beaten Metro 2. I had played through all these other Metro games, but like Metro, I was like, I know what happens. Like, can I just, you know, so, well, all right, fine. I'll, the only part that I'll matters is the it.
0: last, is the last scene anyway. So much.
1: It was that yeah. last scene actually that, that, that uh, Sakamoto who runs the series now saw from that game. He's like, that's a cool scene. I could make a sequel from that and decided to make Super Metro. Yeah.
0: And it ties everything back together really nicely in a little bow. The baby. Um, <laughs> the baby. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely, I feel like, and I will be talking about this in part two anyway. But I, I definitely feel Samus returns was far more necessary. Um, I but think Metro on
1: like two, 2004 yeah. to remake of one to 2017 the remake of two well
0: and it's kind of like how was i gonna it's not really accessible to play two unless you had a 3ds at, at that point so like you had if you have a yeah. 3ds you can play both versions of two um but like even then it's not a it's a strangely not very accessible game the original for two but um but for one i think Despite some of the stuff we talked about, despite think maybe people are interested in older games, um they might find some I they might find some reason to play the original Metroid before Zero Mission. Um but I, you know, I think it needed to be made especially at that time because virtual console wasn't a thing for another 2 years. Um being able to play the original Metroid up to that point was do you have an NES or do you like to do illegal things? Um or questionably legal things. Uh, so I feel like at, for that context, it definitely needed a remake. Um, but yeah, I two, way more. <laughs> um, so we'll move on to the last couple of questions and we'll talk about kind of the legacy of, of the NES original, um, what Metroid did for the future of games, especially the, what we call the Metroidvania style of games and our ultimate thoughts and feelings. Uh, but Let's talk about Samus as a character. When when did you, and I guess because you played Prime, when did you find out who Samus really was? When when do, was the reveal given the, to you? The whole
1: Metroid is a girl thing. Um Yeah. Uh It might uh it might have been when I beat it. Although uh I don't know if I got enough item completion to even have her take off her helmet at the end of Prime. The first time, because um, I think
0: that's the most you get, right? It's just the helmet taking
1: off, uh, and Prime in terms of seeing her, yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, it it probably would have been at some point when I beat Prime, or um, maybe I just assumed that from like the sound follow you hear throughout that game, uh, the the sort of just like getting hurt sounds sounded vaguely feminine um it could have yeah, been yeah seeing
0: her face every now and then
1: or as i i wouldn't think i would have looked anything up on the internet until i beat that game but uh maybe it was uh just just random off comments because that had been common knowledge for you know almost 20 years at that point um yeah. and uh or maybe it could have been at some point them something in fusion. like i don't it's not super memorable to me when i found out I think because I didn't care very much. Yeah, Samus well, is a girl. Great. Can I keep playing I mean, now? <laughs>
0: well, especially with Prime Infusion, they they get there is no mystery no, to it. No, um, there's none. And but what you know, and I'm thinking too is that uh, especially with American marketing. So if my first Metroid was Super, uh, I I definitely didn't get the. Better endings my first time through, but I had known by then that Metroid is a girl. Well, you Uh, just have to die. There's that, but like, there's also that thing where it's like the '90s, and people like dudes just had like long flowing locks anyway. Okay. Um, (laughs) So I think for me, I well, I think I probably knew before I played Super Metroid because I. At that point, I had heard about the Justin Bailey password, and I had known about that long before I even played the original Metroid. Um,
1: well, and by so Super think, Metroid, like any anything where they referred to Samus, they would they would use she and her. Like it, it wasn't. I didn't a, have the instruction su- manual. Oh, unfortunate. Yeah,
0: well, blockbuster man. Uh, <laughs> you had to so wait on the it,
1: cartridge. The instruction <laughs> manual was a nice. I city. had to wait. Yeah, <laughs>
0: the cartridge. Yeah, I lost the save file twenty times. Um, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah so yeah i yeah. think I, I, mean, I had known because of nintendo power and i was like oh that's interesting but like i didn't get that reveal that i think people who had been playing the series for 35 years got because the original instruction
1: manual used male pronouns yeah well the marketing people didn't know <laughs> N- yeah. no no one except i think the 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 people who who programmed the game knew that, that yeah. Samus was was a girl um and so there were, there was like, there, it was all. Oh yes, he's a he's a cyborg bounty hunter who's who's a cool spaceman, and and some of the you know marketing materials you have like women fawning all over. Yeah, Samus. yeah,
0: he's yeah, he's got the suit because the person who drew it thought it was a dude. It, it,
1: it was yeah, probably a lot bigger deal back then. Um, and I it you know it was a big deal uh, back then. I I wasn't there for it. Sorry to say. But uh, that was before you had, you know, Lara Croft. That was before you know mm-hmm. it became a lot more common. And so, as the marketing materials uh, showed, everyone just assumed that this tiny eight-bit character was uh, a guy. And to sort of get the game and beat it with, you know, the good ending, to see that that you've been playing as a girl all the time—that that that, uh, that was uh, a fairly momentous uh, occasion, I think. That. You know, any any girls who might have been playing that at the time would have been like, "Oh yeah, cool." And some yeah. of them might have gone on to make you know female led games later. Like it, it could have mm-hmm. been an inspiration.
0: I I yeah, I feel like that is one thing of gaming history where I'm like, it's a little unfortunate that I got to miss that or like yeah. I found I wish out could have been differently. There. Yeah, yeah, because I I think I could have gone through most of my life and found a copy of Metroid, having not known that. Um, had I not read that Nintendo power code or the password for Justin Bailey, I probably would not have known because uh, even after that reveal, like Metroid two or Metroid, uh, super Metroids like marketing, it's just Samus, uh, and the American ad for super Metroid barely even mentions the character. It's just, this game is hard and it will turn a really rabid dog into a, a poodle. Like, that's literally the ad for Super Metroid that we got. Um, but, yeah, like, we were talking about the Metroid Prime 2 Echoes commercial or the Metroid Fusion Zero Mission yeah. commercials. Like, they use female characters in the commercials to kind of, like, we know, everyone knows yeah. by now, you know. Yeah. And um, even It was a sled the whole time. Even if we so. had been in,
1: like, a gaming black, you know, hole. Um, yeah. Uh, and just, you know, come across the Metroid one, played through it, and seen that it was a girl. I don't think it would have meant as much to us at the time we had played it as if we were alive and had played it during 86. During by 86, the time we yeah. would have played it, you had all these, it, you had other games that had. There's that too, that yeah. As, as the main character. Um, and it, it wasn't, you know, a shock. Um, but back then, you know, this, this 86 NES game, um, I think it, it would have been <laughs> to, to some people. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of one of those moments where I wish I had, I had, been around. Maybe if I ever have time travel and get to witness things, that'll be on my list.
0: <laughs> if if I already know, I might as well just watch other people find out. Yeah.
1: So sneak sneaking into some, you know, guy's living room and be like, what?
0: As you do. Uh yeah, I think it's like it's that reveal and then it's it's the heirs thing. Like I wish I had not known that before I had gotten to it. The what thing? Final Fantasy seven.
1: Oh oh yeah.
0: Yeah. Like, I, those are like the two, I think, moment, big moments in gaming where it's like, I wish I hadn't known about it before I played, it, or I wish I was there. Yeah. At the time that it was relevant mm-hmm. in Metroid's case. I was definitely there for Final Fantasy Seven, but <laughs> I had, I had asshole friends. Um, <laughs> in what ways do you think Metroid has changed the gaming landscape at the time? I think there are some pretty obvious ones, but at the time, what speaks uh, like out to back, you?
1: Back in the 80s with the first one. Yeah. yeah. Um, well I mean there is there's that whole aspect we just talked about. Um I don't know if if uh, if I would have called it a metroidvania yet by the time this first one because it had a lot of a lot of uh it laid the foundation for it of course, right? Cuz mm-hmm. you had this successful meshing of this Mario and Zelda play style, right? Yeah. Um and this sort of uh coming up with this like progression path that allowed you to explore more areas of this segmented, but whole sort of map. Um, yeah, I don't think it was until super Metroid where you have like map and, and, and people digging into sequence breaks and, you know, dawn of speed running like that. You really have that formula solidified, but, um, Metroid obviously inspired, you know, other games to come out of it at the very least, like some, someone in nintendo to make a sequel and then from there to make super metroid like if it was a bad game they would not have bothered right (laughs) whether they had franchise plans or not like they they seem to want to do that um so uh but yeah it's it's despite it not being the perfect example it is the sort of prototype of of a whole genre of games call it metroidvania or search action whatever nintendo calls it these days. Um, yeah. But uh it's it's definitely was a major stepping stone on the way to get to uh gaming as as we know it now. Yeah. And
0: even on that like Metroid was not the only game in town that was doing this. There were other games we kind of talk a little bit or we briefly mentioned Zelda 2 Sort of does that, but it's more RPG based, I would say. Yeah, and um, even that
1: was like top down for like going into the map and then, and then, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, and usually the thing you find, the thing you need, you can find right there. So you're not really going back. Um, I think Simon's Quest is a, another Castlevania game that sort of starts that, but again, it plays more like a Zelda 2. But there were other games that were out around the time that were search action or, uh, uh, platform, there was another word for it, it was just <laughs> I think action adventure platform. Um, but you know, other things where you had large map, you can kind of go in between different areas. I think even you know, you can even argue Bionic Commando does that, it has its own map screen for zones, but you're technically going to and from different places. Metal Gear is a good example. Mm. Uh, but going into that, like Metroid and Symphony of the Night. We're not. Oh, here's what. It, here's the term I called it. I wrote it in my notes. They were not the only two non-linear action games made at the time. Why do you think the portmanteau of Metroidvania became so widely used? And do you think that this fan name for this style of game should still be used?
1: I mean, I'm biased, but yeah, absolutely. It's got the whole word Metroid in it, so why not? Um, <laughs> only got half of Castlevania.
0: But well, I've I've heard that castle is is also there. <laughs> I've I've heard the term Castlevania. Metroidvania fair, is the tag that's
1: on Twitch, so I think people are sticking with that's, that. Yeah, but um, uh yeah. I'm sorry. What was the what was the question? The question. <laughs> so I got hung up on that a little bit.
0: If these there were other games at the time that oh, were kind yeah. of following it in different ways, but why do you think that Metroidvania? Why do you think Castlevania and Metroid became the two
1: that got I think they did the most well known for it. I think they did the best at it, right? Like, I've not really played Castlevania, but I obviously know an amount of it just from being in the Metroid space and that close association. Like, Castlevania is a completely different, I don't want to say genre of game because it's obviously a Metroidvania, but different, like, atmosphere. It's about, you know, haunted, you know, vampires and in mansions and, you know, like, supernatural stuff. Metroid's like sci fi. It's, they're, they're, they're totally different. Uh, appeals on the, on the forefront, but they both do, um, you know, progression throughout a a whole map going sort of through different areas and sometimes back, if it makes sense. Um, I think they did it the best um, early on um, enough to where, you know, between the two of them, they got the genre named after them. And uh, a lot of games that aspired to have similar, if not almost identical gameplay took, inspiration from one or both of them
0: well i guess i'm also thinking that they also just stuck with it really um once you hit dracula x or um uh, rondo of blood that's like the last tradition what they call traditional side-scrolling castlevania game and as soon as you hit symphony of the night and it sold so well and basically like brought castlevania into the more popular Mm -hmm. conversation again um more and more sequels follow up that basically just follow that minus the N64 games. But essentially you had these like 2d map traversing search action games that just, they just kept going with it. Uh, Whereas I think, you know, metal gear, metal gear solid still does that to a degree, but it's interesting that like nobody considers it a, a Metroidvania game because even though, it does the same thing it's so different i guess in its execution that people don't really think of it as one yeah but that's kind of like saying like peter pan is a isekai kind of argument
1: i mean you even look at more modern games like a uh, jedi fallen order right which is yeah a great game uh, very obviously like triple a high graphics like very story driven and yet at the core of its gameplay you have a lot of metroidvania elements where you're as yep. you go through the game, getting, you know, more powerful and more powerful with different abilities to help you explore. And you can go back to, you know, other planets and, and you know, explore and do more things. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's yeah. been very influential over time. Yep.
0: Uh, and that's, that's all I had question wise. So.
1: Wow. We're, we're all done. Time flies when you're having fun. Yeah. Talking about metrics. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I was ready to talk for four more hours but uh yeah okay sure we can stop I don't, I don't have five hours <laughs> I gotta
0: I mean, my legs are gonna fall asleep I swear uh but hey it was it was great to have you on I couldn't I couldn't have done this without you and I don't mean that I needed your help I mean I I <laughs> I mean I literally could not have done this I, yeah I feel like I would have like woken up in the middle of the night just with you outside the window being like why why didn't you invite me <laughs> it's not even all that menacing it's you're just kind of like why didn't you do that yeah it, it, it's yeah, it's not
1: threatening like, it's just disappointment
0: yeah yeah it's four in the morning
1: dude how'd you find my house no no change in facial expression just no that's it yeah why don't you invite me no it's 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 a fun time you're 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 a cool guy to talk to and talking to you wow. about my favorite video game series is is like a one plus one equals two situation
0: wow so you're telling me that this whole thing is math? Exactly.
1: If 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 anyone takes anything away from this podcast, it's that this whole Metroid thing
0: is math is math. We figured it out. Which is funny because right, if you say the
1: word Metroid in Chozo, it's kind of pronounced Mathroid.
0: <laughs> that was that was their entertainment game I'm that very, got canceled. I'm very nerdy. Okay. It's <laughs> a Mathroid. Well, I guess I'll find that out when I play uh, Metroid Dread and finish it eventually one of these days. Um, but yeah, thank you for for joining me. Uh and and bringing in all of your knowledge base and schooling me on the fact that there was no criteria in the original Metroid. Uh I'll, you know, I'm I never said I was a real fan. I didn't play through all of two. I've just played the remake. You you
1: I, real fan is just you like you like metroid if you could say I that like you're a real fan wow but also play other M- sometimes.
0: <laughs> but also play and call your mother you know <laughs> she misses you she's worried you know. all right we're gonna go here uh but thank you for being here uh thank you all in chat for being here if you want to watch the show live uh i'm doing this on youtube now uh if you're listening to this on spotify or podcast service, i i see y'all i i see the metrics I got more views on that last episode on Spotify than I did on YouTube. What the hell? Um, But thanks. uh, Thanks for all the people in chat who are bringing in all their. I I loved hearing everyone's opinions and and side conversations. It's been great to interact with that as well. Until next time, we will be back on Saturday. We will be doing part two, Return of Samus and Samus Returns uh, with, she says, of Boundary Break Fame. Uh, we'll probably be talking a little bit about, like, kind of all the games in the series as a whole. But until then, thank you all for watching, and I'll see you next time. And I hope to Christ that this outro thing works. I swear, I'm going to hit it right now. Goodbye, everyone. See you next mission. Did it, did it work? <laughs> yeah, it worked. I don't